evening, Phil. How are you? Evening, Eileen. Very well, thank you. Hope you are well too. Yeah, it's um, unbelievably we're recording this on the anniversary of first lockdown, yes, aren't we? Yes, 23rd of March 2020. Yeah. A very um, inauspicious day. Absolutely. and uh, But we are where we are, as they say. And we're at one year on. And signs are looking hopeful, aren't they? There's that ray of optimism. Yes, there's definitely some positive uh, news in the air. Mm, but I think it has got to be said, a lot of people have really struggled with this latest lockdown. I think the first time round, weather was good, people were optimistic. Um, there was a very strong community spirit. Hopefully that community spirit is still there. But I think this time round, we're all a bit weary. It's been winter. People often struggle during the winter. And add on to that the uh, impact of lockdown. It's been a tough, tough few months, It's been it? going on for a long time, this mm. last uh, session. And I was uh, hearing that um, some people in the north of England... Uh, having been in the various higher tiers that were once in place in England, um, actually have probably been in lockdown for almost 12 months. Yeah, goodness me. <clears throat> but we're getting through it. We are getting through it. And people, vaccination numbers are booming. Um, and in this week's episode, we thought we'd have a chat again, looking back over the last year. We're having a chat with Vicky who has um, written her lockdown thoughts and is reading those out for us. And then she's bringing us, bringing us up to date on how the year has been for her. It's the Mental Health Podcast with Eileen and Phil. It's the Mental Health Podcast with Eileen and Phil. Hello. Good morning. Hi. How are you? I'm I'm all right, thank you. How are you two? Fine. Very well, thank, thank you. you. Not yeah. bad at all. Okay. <laughs> Fire away. Right. So, um, tale of two lockdowns, uh, splendid isolation. Yes, was my first thought as the lockdown announcement was made. Enforced time together felt the only way we would ever get to see one another. Will, my husband, spent most of last year away from home and had a series of injuries which saw him struggle mentally, physically and, and financially. Last year really took its toll on us. Now we had to stay at home together. Yes. As much as I completely empathise with the uncertainty and fear frontline workers faced, I am blessed with our life here. Of course, I want to spend all my time on my land, getting our long list of to-do jobs ticked off and hang out with my best friend. Yes, please to lock down and long may it continue. Funny videos, pictures, memes and posts popped up on a regular basis as the death toll figures creeped higher and higher. My morbid delight in splendid isolation grew as we completed each job, but the guilt also crept in. I needed to help somehow. I had offered to neighbours to do their shopping and applied to Mantech Gwyneth as a, as a volunteer, but no one took me up on the offer. Everyone was fine, so I continued to enjoy myself as I read more and more horror stories about the pandemic. Faith in our government was non-existent prior to this disaster. They are solely responsible for the 40,000 plus deaths and the inconceivable grief that has been caused. 
The world saw this coming, the anger mounted inside me, and no amount of gardening or getting jobs done or spending time with my husband could make it go away. Coping on the front line. And so it continues. Each day I wake up to more hatred, more division and more fear in the world. Lockdown has really shone a light on what's important to a society. First it was loo roll, pasta and bread flour, and now it's grow bags, compost and bedding plants. All of my regular gardening work had been cancelled or was over 40 minutes drive away from home. The toll bridge had closed, so no part-time toll keeping duties to boost my income. So after six weeks of splendid isolation, I started helping my friend adapt her garden centre and farm shop business to the lockdown restrictions. I could see she was struggling and I knew I could help, having a lot of relevant experience, but I'm not very fond of working in retail, hence why I don't normally work in retail. However, my friend needed supporting and she adapted to the demand for grocery deliveries and online orders for food and gardening supplies. It feels as though everyone in the world has now decided that gardening is their thing and demand for bedding plants completely exceeded supply. I have been pushed to my tolerance limit as people have completely disregarded the new rules of social distancing, putting myself and my friend at risk on a daily basis. Working in retail during this period has highlighted the greedy people the same names popping in the inbox on a regular basis. It feels like no one is ever happy. There's also been so many people's saviour. To be able to garden, grow seeds and spend time outdoors, the benefits of gardening are well known, but the ins and outs of the industry itself are hidden behind closed doors. Wholesale nurseries closed at prime seeding time. They had to throw away thousands of pounds worth of stock because every outlet every outlet could, su could supply um, had to close and staff needed to isolate. Stock that would have kept small garden centres supplied through the summer was wasted. Then, as garden centres found a way to move their work online, they started to need plants again, but the wholesalers didn't have them anymore. The orders and emails kept coming, but the plants didn't. Then the compost ran out and the companies struggled to bag it and get it delivered to the retail outlets. Yet more emails kept coming and a backlog of 206 people some patient, some extremely demanding, all had to be served by, the, by just two of us, and more and more coming in on a daily basis. I had become a mask-wearing delivery driver, shop assistant, secretary, cleaner, admin bod, and social worker, and support worker overnight. At first it was exhilarating to be helping, and I was excited to be useful rather than to be, sit, rather than to be sitting at home feathering my own nest, but it did wear, wear me down, exhausted my mind, my body, and angered the hell out of me. I've been aware of the unsustainability of the horticulture industry since 2001. The desire for fast plants, fast compost and instant impact has blighted modern society. Programs like Ground Force in the 90s misguided people into a false sense of gardening. Demand has increased and retailers have striven to meet that demand. But we have now become very accustomed to click and it appears kind of shopping. We do not like waiting, especially when the weather has been so nice. This pandemic has highlighted the kinks in the supply chain. We've all had to slow down and become accustomed to a new way of shopping. Online orders can take up to two weeks now. Wow, how privileged we truly are and how spoiled society we have become when two weeks is not fast enough. Mm, thank you, Vicky. Thank That's you very great. Much. <clears throat> I'm just going to take a couple of steps back. I mean, that was really interesting re reading, listening to your thoughts. Um, just to say that we first met you when you became an Active Woods session leader for our community wellbeing group. That was our first contact with you, and you did great support work with our client group. 
um, we then moved into lockdown and you were probably one of our nearest neighbours in our very sprawled out rural community, rural coastal community. You were one of our nearest neighbours and it was really interesting to have your lockdown thoughts as all of us were going through our own processes at that time. And we were all trying to be as mutually supportive as we could be given the circumstances. Um, and now, obviously, we're through that phase and in a very different kind of phase of life again. So firstly, how did it feel reading those thoughts? And secondly, can you just bring us up to date on how things have changed for you? Yeah, sure. Um, it's it's weird reading something that I wrote almost a year ago. Um, and life is completely different now. We've obviously had a second lockdown since then. Mm-hmm. Um I think for everybody, everybody's priorities had to shift and very dramatically overnight. Um, mm. It was definitely a novelty at the beginning, as as obviously you know my my writing at the time expressed. You know, I was I was really pleased to finally have some proper time to spend with with my husband Will, mm. um, and I really revelled in that. But yeah, I mean, it's I remember feeling very spoiled and um the more the figures kept creeping up with infection rates and people dying it was just um yeah it was just really awful and and i i wanted to help but you know i Mm. it's very difficult to know how you're going to be best use you know useful and if i could just help one person out then that's great so i decided i would latch on to my friend lisa and help her um but yeah i mean obviously since then lots has has changed and lots has has happened since so um i'm in a completely different headspace now to what i was in then um mostly because in um october we discovered um that we're expecting our first baby so um so now it's you know now we're you know six months down the line (laughs) and um almost a whole year since i wrote that and priorities have shifted completely again in another in a completely different way so um so yeah it's wow (laughs) all changed absolutely yeah yeah so absolutely that's wonderful news and very exciting um how has it felt kind of be having a pregnancy during this um covid kind of year what what are services like for instance um yeah i mean i don't know it any other way so it's um it's mm-hmm. fine really i'm i'm i quite like i'm definitely one of those people that quite like spending time on their own so it's not really been um I've not been worried at all about isolation or, you know, not seeing many people. There's lots of online groups and I found a fantastic community of online um, mothers and parents to be. So, so that's mm. been absolutely fine. And services, um, again, I wouldn't know any different. So um, I've, uh, I've just yeah. put my mask on and gone to see the midwives and um, we've gone, <laughs> up, gone up to um, Bangor a couple of times to Speti Gwyneth and, that's that's been mm. fine as well you actually wouldn't have known that there was a lockdown when we went just before Christmas because it was super busy the roads were really busy and we were almost late you know yeah. for our appointment it was just like I imagine it would be in normal non-pandemic times so um 
Right, right. Interesting. And that's interesting that you found some online sort of um, parenting support groups and what a nice way, again, to, to be able to connect with other parents to be. Um, is that sort of in the nature of do you have classes? I'm Again, sort of thinking back to non-COVID times, I suppose there would be antenatal classes and so on, antenatal groups. Um, National Trial Birth Trust would have done some um, group sessions, I suppose. But now that will all be taking place in the virtual world, I assume. Is that right? That you? Yeah. And and actually, I, I've, I've probably joined in with more things than I would have done if they were sort of group face to face things purely because of logistics um, and working it in around around work which I've I've not been working um since before Christmas anyway because of the lockdown so um so actually yeah. I mean it's I've probably joined in with more things and I've had you know the internet's fantastic as much as we um berate ourselves and feel guilty for the amount of time we spend online I actually I think that if you if you approach it in a healthy way and know that you're using it as a as a tool as a resource um, then it can then it's been absolutely fantastic especially when we've not we've not been able to get together and go to classes and meet new people it's just been an absolute lifesaver so um, I've really really embraced yeah. uh, zoom and um, and yeah I've taken advantage of as many um, online classes as I as I can which which is it means that also yeah. Will my husband can sit there in the background listening to what's happening and also watch the football on his iPad so <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very important. Ah, multi, multi-time. <laughs> yes. I think that's really interesting, and I think that's a really important um, lesson for all of us. Really, that there are things that you can pick and choose and get involved in. And sometimes, you know, if you're not finding people in a similar situation to you close by, even in normal times, you know, not everyone in our, you know, there may not be many people who are going through pregnancy in our area at the same yeah. time as you. So actually being enabled to connect with people who might be a little bit further yeah. away, who you wouldn't have necessarily been able to travel to combine with to get to a group, or if you did, it might have taken you an hour's travelling to go to a group session. To be able to do it from the comfort of your, your own home has got to be quite an advantage. Absolutely. Really. And, and with that, I have met, there's, I'm in a pregnancy circle, and um, with that, it's North Wales-based, but most of them are you know Conway, mm -hmm. Anglesey, you know Carnarvon, that sort of direction. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would never have met them otherwise. And we're like-minded, you know. We've chosen to do this specific type of um, pregnancy approach, um, and and it's great because I I have connected with mums, you know, more local, or I shouldn't say mums and parents. You know, I don't want to exclude the dads, but um, it's it's mostly been yeah. the women that are pregnant going through it that I've connected with, and. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not necessarily all approaching pregnancy in the same way. So it is nice to have a wider mm. network. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's absolutely true. And I think that goes across all sort of walks of life, absolutely. really, doesn't it? That, you know, whatever our interests are, we may find neighbours and friends who share some of our interests, but then there's something else that nobody else quite relates to. And we need to stretch our net widen our horizons really so 
the internet definitely gives you that opportunity to do absolutely that, yeah i think it's been a fantastic tool and at a time when we can't come together properly it's really brought brought people together so yeah vicky sorry phil here so have you been able to um carry on sort of connecting with um uh, relatives and um, you know close family and stuff about the pregnancy and about your current situation as much as you have with with the groups and things has that been as easy in these yeah I mean times? I've had to um, make a bit more of an effort which um, I don't know whether my family has noticed the effort really because that's because all of us <laughs> have just naturally have a you know we're quite sort of um, in our own little worlds sort of uh, that's just where we are we're, we're not sort of mm-hmm. in each other's pockets so I think because we've mm-hmm. already got a relationship that's quite um infrequent anyway it's not been um it's not been a big pull for me personally but um i've been re- reminding myself to send them photos of my growing belly and sending them up updates you know boring uh, yes. things that um that only only your mum or your dad might be interested in so um but yeah it's it's been fine really I, I i don't know whether they might feel left out you know it's um it's tricky, isn't it? Because I think other people want to see you as well, and you, it's very easy to forget that. So, um, yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, I mean, we are, you know, as you've already said, people live their lives very differently. You come across all sorts of people, and not everybody has their parent or siblings necessarily close by anyway. Um, you know, and it could be that infrequent contact, as you've described, that goes on for mm. a lot of people. So, but maybe the sort of technology and the acceptance that we have all had to communicate differently might, in a way, I wonder, just make it easier for your family who are living at a distance, because that's the way we're all communicating anyway does that kind of make it easier to accept that that's how it is for now for the time being as you're going through your pregnancy they'll have the photo on a whatsapp thread or whatever i mean we didn't adapt to doing any sort of face-to-face zoom regular meeting things Mm. you know like a lot of families were sort of Mm -hmm. making sure they still Mm. saw one another's faces and having sort of zoom chats but Mm -hmm. both myself and Mm. will are you know I don't know. We're super busy with with um, our own lives, and as are the rest of our families. So um, mm. yeah, I mean, we we stayed in touch as however how however naturally it kind of came to us, really. I guess so. Um, yeah, we didn't go above and beyond to try and make sure we had you know weekly face to face meetings over Zoom. <laughs> No, I can I can definitely relate to that too. <laughs> I felt I felt when you were reading that, or when I read that some months ago, when you sent it to us, that um, you were quite positive about your initial experience of that sort of lockdown. In, in with with a year having now moved on, do you still see that initial period that we had when we had time on our hands to do things as a positive thing? Or has that have you as your sort of view on that? I definitely change? see the having time to be at home and get on with a few things um was was great it was a it was a bonus um that we had that time but um Mm. yeah it's a it's a tricky one to answer because it was such a horrendous time for so many people as well with so much uncertainty and fear and anxiety um that yeah I had to really keep checking myself and you couldn't get away from the dramatic headlines you know I, I could 
shelter myself as much as I could and enjoy my little bubble in the wonderful mm. weather that we had cracking on with things at home but um but yeah I mean it, it it's difficult, isn't it, looking back and trying to figure out whether it was a positive or a negative. I think we were all just coping by the day. And I, I think you read quite a lot. Would that be yeah. fair to say? Have you, would you say you've read more over the past yeah, year? Yeah, I've definitely, my reading's definitely um, gone up a notch. But um, yeah, it's mostly, I listen to audiobooks and podcasts mo- more than picking up physical mm. books just because I'm super active. So I'm always outside gardening um no no matter what so I'll I'll always be listening to something have something in my ears but yeah it's definitely without without being interrupted quite so much by having to drive to work or um see customers or what have you I've been able to immerse myself in a lot of topics and subjects that I'm really passionate about which has been fantastic is there anything that you think was of particular note that really kind of sparked your interest or captured your imagination or just made you think differently yeah I mean right at the um at the beginning last year um with the Black Lives Matter um protests and uh, the murder of George Floyd that that was that was when it sort of came and slapped me around the face really um and started reading a quite a long list of um of books all around the issues issues of race and culture and um intersectionality and feminism and um yeah it was i really immersed myself in it for quite a few weeks and it's still something that um my attention has been taken away by reading lots of pregnancy books now but um but yeah i i think um it's it's interesting i've definitely got a bit of an activist hiding inside me somewhere and um, it creeps out every now and again. And, and um, with the Black Lives Matter issues, because we're so far away from any sort of cities uh, to go and actually physically mm. be there and be present, um, because we don't live in a particularly cu- culturally diverse part of the world, um, it's super mm. important to keep connected to what's happening out there. And, um, and yeah, it's... Um, been a big learning curve yeah yeah do you uh, do you think this um last 12 months will be a catalyst for change going forward in the next sort of oh, i don't years? know <laughs> i'm not i'm not sure i'm um <laughs> academic enough to be able to answer that really but i mean <laughs> I, a lot of things have been highlighted obviously especially in the last um week just the last week you know women's women's rights have been yeah at the forefront of everyone's minds mm. so um so yeah i mean something's happening out there but um i don't know mm. i don't know how it'll all how it'll all change mm. no yeah. it's very hard to know isn't it and you know we, we often hope that events like that the black lives matter and last week's events will be a catalyst for change for good um, but then there are often the other reactions the other way as well. It's, yeah, it, let's we can have hope, but um, maybe not. Yeah. not I think uh, I'm learning perhaps. to sort of yeah. uh, let go a little bit because with being pregnant and expecting our first baby coming in June, it does make me think, oh, what sort of world mm. is she going to be 
born into and mm. what's it going to be like yep. when she's my age you know and thinking about having her own family and mm. you know it climate the climate um issue has always been my my number one priority over the years and I've dedicated a lot of time to to it but um yeah mm. the uh these other social issues of of are super important as well and I think it's you know all of those things are kind of coming to a head and I'm hoping that that my um that my future children will have a much better experience of the world than what we're having currently I, indeed and and I think you will you and will uh great role models will be great role models for your baby and any future children as well so you know, I think what the work you both do is inspirational. Um, and I know that you're very, that climate change, that environmental awareness that you try and nurture across communities as well. You don't just keep it to yourselves. You try and encourage and educate yeah, sorry other about people that. too. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all very good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah. Um, is there anything in the last year that you found out about yourself that may have surprised you yeah, at all? I think I I was already aware of of how much time I quite like having to myself, but now I now I I definitely know I could be you know hermit of the year if I wanted to be. <laughs> so that self sufficiency, kind of content yeah. within your own. I mean, I, I love being connected own. to other people yeah. and, it, you know, not a day goes by when I'm not constantly having some sort of conversation with someone online. So perhaps maybe because we've got the internet, it's very easy to be on your own these days. But um, I don't know, I, I definitely feel I need um, time to myself to process and digest things. So, yeah, it, that the, the major lesson over the last year is that I, I'm fine with not seeing lots of people all the time and... Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I enjoy my own company and there's so much information and resources to learn from out there that you, it's almost like you need several lifetimes to be able to indulge in all these interesting things that go on in the world, you know. Mm. I think that's a in really interesting point because a lot of the time on our podcast, we've actually talked quite a lot about the way people connect and that make, making mm. connections is really important. But I think you've actually hit another nail right on the head that actually being content within your own skin within your own space and actually having enjoying moments of um, solitude can be yeah it can be a lot of pressure to join in with things you know there, there is a lot of pressure on people to feel like they mm -hmm. they ought to see so and so because they've not seen them for a while and you know it's really lifted the pressure mm -hmm. off of people that are a little bit more um, introverted and don't particularly enjoy doing group activities I think it, it's um it, you know it's really kind of helped people to have a bit of a break from all of that really the social pressures and now we have the um yeah. map out of this hopefully uh and we're going in a particular direction um actually there's been a few articles recently in in papers about the the, the opposite anxiety to how we started with this namely the anxiety of them yeah. to join in with things again and having to meet people and, and groups and go out back into society and some people out there listening people listening to this will be having that anxiety mm. uh, about having having feeling pressure to join in again with mm. things that they may have found quite difficult and and haven't been used to doing mm. over the course of the last 12 months as well 
because to some extent we've got out of the habit a bit, haven't we, of, uh, mm -hmm. of being in groups and things. Have you, would you have any message for that sort of um, uh, feeling at all, for those people who might be feeling a little bit of anxiety about this, this sort of easing? Well, I mean, I think, I think that we've things. all had to adapt to quite dramatic circumstances over the last 12 months, and we'll do it again. You know, we're human beings and we're very, very adaptable creatures. That's why we're top of the food chain, you know, so... Um, so we will adapt again. I, yes. I definitely resonate with the um, feeling anxious about things opening up again. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of friends and being able to, you know, tentatively have the odd hug here with um, with a few people that have been vaccinated and that type of thing. And I, and I will want to show off our newborn yes. baby and you know, all those all those things. So um, I'm looking forward to it opening up again. And I know that it is quite a scary prospect. I'm definitely thinking oh I've now using the diary that I had bought myself last year and I've now actually putting dates in it to actually <laughs> yeah so, uh, I think, uh, yeah it is a bit scary thinking oh I've got this to do and that to do and the other thing to do but we'll adapt again it'll be fine and it is maybe still holding on to those quiet times as well and and relishing them you know and I know that I can enjoy a walk on my own as much as I can enjoy a walk mm. with other people, if that makes sense. So it's different. If I go for a walk on my own, I know I'm really noticing the Absolutely. environment and what's around me. Um, whereas when I'm walking with other people, then it's much more about the conversation mm. and communication. And sometimes I think, I don't really want this. I'm not noticing. Oh, there, you know, there was some natural feature that I've missed out on there because someone's talking with me or to me or at me and um, so I can really identify with that sense of wanting some time when you're yeah. just doing something alone um, and it's having that balance isn't it that you know being able to connect yeah. when you want to in the way you want to and in a in a gentle way and maybe not and I think what you're saying about being in in the natural environment as well I mean that that's something that I you know have in abundance here and I and hopefully I don't take it for granted I don't think I do but I spend probably I don't know 80% of my day outdoors you know what in whatever weather and I think that really helps yeah. to keep me grounded so even when like like you were saying yeah. I when you've got people there chatting to you you know even when that happens again it will be a bit of a novelty yeah. to have people there again and so what have you got planned for the next few hours, days, <laughs> weeks? Any plans? Or you know, you were yeah, saying absolutely. Well, I'm trying to tie up loose ends with with work before I get too heavy to move off the sofa. So um, I've got a few gardening jobs that I just need to um, <laughs> hand over to um, to another gardener. Um, and I've got obviously the the right. maternity visits start to. Um, go up a notch now because I'm 26 weeks almost 27 weeks so from now on it'll be you know fortnightly regular visits and uh, various things like that so um so yeah it does it does seem to be picking up quite fast which is a bit worrying but well yeah so in terms of kind of midwifery services you do you know it's GP um the, the midwives that... have their own unit separate from the gp practice and separate from the hospital as well because the hospital here is now a covid hospital right. so the midwives have moved into a temporary oh, right. building um yeah it's, it's going to be a really interesting time how's 
how's Will with all of it? How's he coping? And he's, how's he, is he? He's been. Um, he's just. Yeah, you know, he's just super supportive, and he's um, thrown himself into work. He's working constantly, and he's um, on his days off. He's building us a workshop for us to share jointly. So he's been super busy with work. Um, I think it took him a little while to sort of really for it to really fully dawn on him that there's a baby coming. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I'm yeah. getting bigger and bigger and bigger and she's moving around a lot more, it's, um, yeah, it's it's difficult to ignore that I'm definitely oh. pregnant. <laughs> oh, um... <laughs> yes. And so I guess now... He yeah, he can. Yeah, he can now. She, she used to do this. Yeah. She used to stop as soon as he put his hand on, but he, she's now... She's now just rolling around doing her yoga or whatever she wants to do in there. So, yeah, it's great. Oh, wow. And are you managing to sleep? No. Get comfortable and be able to... That, that's all right. Apparently it's training for when she turns up. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's nature's way of you yeah, I'm expecting it to be awful for the first month or so. No sleep whatsoever. But, um, but yeah, it'll be, I'll have all those lovely hormones telling me that it's wonderful. So it'll be fine. Um, in an earlier episode, yeah. we met a, a mum, Jen, who had her the start of lockdown. And she was saying, so her husband was also had his own business and wasn't mm. really able to take much time off. But mm. what's going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. We, we've we've been um, because we've had all this time um, to to plan. Um, we've been thinking really seriously about mm. the the fourth trimester, as it were. So once baby arrives, you've got these sort of um, couple of months or first forty days is what the the books tell you. To, um, to just focus on um, resting and feeding baby. So Will is take, try, going to try to take a couple of months off and um, we're slowly forming our little, um, it's called a village, but we're slowly forming our little village, um, assembling friends um, and starting to pull in favours um, so, that, so that when baby does arrive, <laughs> we are able to just uh, focus in and... Um, spend as much time with her as possible just getting yeah. the basics done because I know it will be a lovely bubble of love but it'll also be um it'll be a huge adaption for yeah. both of us so um oh wonderful that sounds excellent and um of course we can't wait oh I can't wait to show up everyone it's yeah it's very exciting I've been I've been in the background here slowly cooking away <laughs> nice yeah very exciting time and obviously we wish you and will Thank a lot of yes, love and all the best with the next so you're going into the next uh, 26 weeks and then is it the i think it's about 28 weeks is when the third trimester starts so yeah that's when um when baby could be born premature and still survive at 28 weeks so um so yeah i'm i'm once i get past 28 weeks i'll feel you know more reassured that if she does turn up early we'll be we'll be okay yes and in terms of kind of your health and fitness you've obviously said that you've kept working doing some gardening work um has that felt good has it yeah been good to be i do you know it's been the second trimester physical? has been fantastic so i've been 
doing lots of gardening mostly for myself I've not been working for my customers purely because of the distance more than anything but um but yeah it, the second trimester yeah. I've been full of motivation and energy and just wanting to get things ready for when she arrives because I know I'm not going to have the time uh, to do it once she's here and priorities will shift so um so yeah it's, it's been fine so far but I've I've yeah. been able to have the luxury of if I'm feeling tired or if I need to sit down or if I need to just eat all day I've had that luxury of being able to do that so um yeah I've been I've been a mixture of very gentle but also um keeping active as well so that sounds the perfect mix and you mentioned eating no there were only things I already liked but I just wanted more of them so things like pickled onions and um stronger tasting foods I used to have a real sweet tooth which I still have but it's the savory savoriness has taken over a little bit now so yeah I've been pretty boring on the craving front really right you know the my focus around um nature and being outside and well-being and that type of thing is is you know really really important to me and um and I think a really good lesson for lots of people but at the same time I think because my priorities have shifted and I'm focused purely on pregnancy and um getting things ready before she arrives it's It's, yeah, all of the sort of woodland well-being stuff is just in the background ticking along. And I know I can pick it back up again once once time is right. So, yeah. Um, in terms of getting things ready, I, you know, things like buying <clears throat> items for the baby. And obviously in this different yeah. world that we have where shops aren't open. Yeah, I mean, is that it, something um, you started we've been doing getting before? secondhand things. This is why, again, social media is fantastic because we... We'd, we'd never go out and lo- buy loads of um, new things anyway. So they grow out of things so quickly. So we've just been getting loads of secondhand things and um, connecting with other friends that have had babies that have got lots of spare things to send to me. And um, But I think the, the major prep is, is really just um, making sure that mentally, mentally we're ready and physically we're ready and we know our rights uh, when it comes to all the options for childbirth and um Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean it's we're slowly accumulating things everybody's got a spare cot they want to give us so (laughs) yeah we've done okay i think if we weren't in lockdown and i could be going to the shops i'd probably have spent a fortune in all the charity shops by now so it's been it's been quite good to restrict my spending it's been great I've, I've enjoyed just slowly accumulating things and it's like Christmas isn't it when you buy something online it appears oh <laughs> what else have I bought myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and you also mentioned birth um preparing yourselves yeah. mentally and physically and knowing your rights um have you got a plan or is that something no you I, want to I don't mind about talking about it at all yeah I have got a plan um which um I've got a lot of plans because mm. it's good to have more than just one plan um because obviously anything can happen but yeah our our first preference is to have a home water birth so we've been um preparing ourselves for that and looking mm. at um birth pool higher and um and just where we stand legally around all of that so we know it's you know it's the birthing person's choice completely as to where they choose to give birth so my first preference is at home um and as as i get closer towards the due date if anything at all crops up that means that i'm 
high risk and it would be more sensible to be in a hospital where they can monitor baby's heartbeat a lot easier or you know do whatever interventions they might need to do then yeah my my other plan is to be on a mid midwife-led unit in a speti guinness and then uh, but i've also been looking at um positive cesarean sections so um if for whatever reason there's an emergency and she needs to be born by cesarean section there is a lot of interesting resources out there around having a positive um cesarean section and also having a debrief after giving birth so you're being able to to talk to um a midwife or a doula about what what happened and why were choices made that were made so um mm. yeah there's there's so much to learn which we had absolutely no idea about 26 weeks ago so it's it's been really fascinating right brilliant and you've obviously learned a lot have you faced none at all um i think to, to start with birth. when i mentioned it to to people they saw you won't be allowed to have a home birth because of your age because mm. i'm 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 a, a very old 37 year old so um so but i've since found out that that's just not true that that your rights are that you can birth wherever you like as long as you know you're you know the risks and those risks that you are, have weighed up yourself and you can you can do what you like actually um but the the health board luckily in um in gwyneth is really really supportive of home births so They've got home birth team and my midwife has had two oh, yeah. home births herself. So, yeah, it's really I'm really encouraged by our oh, particular fantastic. health board have been fantastic. I know it's completely different elsewhere in the UK. It really does vary from board to board. So that's actually been a huge um, learning curve as well. I've been becoming a bit of a birth rights activist throughout this whole pregnancy as well. So <laughs> Great. I'm <laughs> I love your activist spirit. It's fantastic. And really good that you do arm yourself with all that information and that you're reading up, reading around the subject. I think it it's, it's great, really. Well, I think, yeah. I think it comes from a place of just, just being well, completely clueless and um, wanting to, wanting to, and being slightly cynical as well and just wanting to know what, what the options are and why people are making those decisions and how is that going to, impact x y and z and you can drive yourself a bit a bit you know crazy with all of the information that's out there so sometimes less is more and that works really well for some people but for me i definitely like to get into the nitty-gritty and find out as much as i possibly can so really good um so is there just kind of coming really to a bit of an, a conclusion here is there one piece of advice that you would pass on to any other expectant parents? Um, well, everyone approaches pregnancy in their own way, don't they? It's always very different for each individual, depending on their circumstances. But I think um, building an, a, a good support network around you, whether that is just for yourself, if you don't have anyone that you can go to for advice, um, then you realise you've got to be your own support network. So whatever way, um, whatever way you can support yourself and nurture yourself, um, which is why I do a lot of reading um, and a lot of educating and connecting online uh, with other mums and other, other people. But, um, but yeah, I think it's not that bad, really, being pregnant during this time. And we are amazing adaptive creatures that will come through this 
time and look back and it will all just be a distant memory. So, yeah, I think... Yeah. Reading helps an awful lot. Oh, that's excellent. And, you know, it's a real positive <laughs> note to finish on. So thank you very much, Keith, for giving us your thoughts, your updates. <laughs> and it's much, been yes. real, a great pleasure chatting to you. We have had, there's been a little bit of noise in the background here, so I'm hoping it doesn't come out on the recording, but um, there's been a hum of a sort of industrial <laughs> lawnmower tractor <laughs> type thing going on. People so are getting ready really to is. Yeah, the, have you heard of the, um, of the <laughs> phrase, the quickening? <laughs> that's, that's what's happening at the moment. So every, everything oh, yes. and everyone is just like cranking up their energy. Right. And just, you know. But I... I, I know that yeah. they shouldn't really be cutting across because we want all that. Absolutely. It depends on if it's. Oh, I could talk forever about that. Don't yeah. get me started. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I thought you might. Hopefully, the hum of the tractor lawnmower doesn't um, go over the recording. And yeah. if it does, that people will still be able to hear yes. us. I think you'll come over nice and loud and clear. I kept moving closer <laughs> to the mic in the hope of drowning out the <laughs> oh, uh, so yeah really nice Vicky thanks ever so much for that I think it really is nice to speak to you so I'm not sure when we'll get to see you good to see you and your progress on the ukulele is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I really love the um, McDonald's oh, yeah. Farm yeah, rendition fantastic <laughs> look forward to seeing everybody yeah. sometime you soon. too meanwhile Bye. take care Well, as always, great to hear from Vicky. She's a really interesting lady. Lots to say, lots to talk about, lots of different subjects. And I can't wait to have a proper face-to-face -face chat with her in the real world. Yes, very exciting and very interesting. And um, the best of luck to her in her forthcoming birth. And the thing that I would take away from that... Um, is that idea that we are top of the food chain. Food chain? Yes, food chain. And that as a species, we are extremely adaptable. And, you know, some people may be fearing coming out of lockdown and fearing what the future holds. But I'll be holding on to what Vicky says about our ability to adapt as we adapted to lockdown, as we adapt to the changes in the seasons, as we've adapted to um, coping with the winter, even though it may not be our favourite season, we will adapt again to whatever happens once the lockdowns ease and things return to what might be called near normal. Indeed, yes, we can get through this and we nearly have indeed hooray 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 so um i think we're gonna have a little bit of ukulele playing from you and i've got a, a request if you don't mind go ahead 
So I think on, um, it might have been the first ever episode. So for those of you who are only joining us in recent episodes, you may want to go back to some of our, our earlier recordings and have a listen. Um, I think it might have been the first one. You played a particular tune on the ukulele. And I think we've got to credit Vicky with the suggestion that you started to play ukulele and start practicing with hallelujah yes this was one of our first um songs many first many song. many moons ago your first song this is one of my first songs <laughs> yes this is one of my first songs um now many moons ago right so it would be great to hear what um progress you've made and i'm sure there will be progress but I don't think it's a tune that you've been practising regularly. So let's, are you ready to give it a go? Indeed, yes, let's go for it. And I notice that you're doing this without any music. So that's a, a impressive um, start anyway, no matter what it sounds like. So give it, take it away. Here we go. Okay, as usual, one, two, one, three, two, three. four. Start the one again. Here we go. Here we go. One more, one more take. Here we go. Here we go. wondering if Vicky will be impressed. I'm not so sure. But you get in there. Thanks very much. Hooray! And bye for now. Bye See you all now. next week. Bye.